Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. This is now episode 16. As you know, I'm Brad and again, I'm joined by Stu. How are we doing, Stu? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good, thank you. Better week than last week, I assume. Yeah, it's been a bit more sort of balanced, uh, which is good. Uh, Just resolving some personal conflicts and stuff like that as gently as possible. It's uh, made things a little better, yeah. How about you? On the whole, yeah, I think it's the same. I, I, I don't know if there was something in the air over the past couple of weeks, but a lot of people I spoke to said they was having some really, they was down and things like that as well. So I don't know if there's one of those things that it was like something in the air um, or whether it was just a result of announcements and stuff that was going on that was just causing people to feel like that. But yeah, it's a, it's a slight upward shift apart from some things which I will get to a little bit later. But, as usual, what we've been playing, Stu? A good few things dotted here and there. I reviewed Fury Unleashed for the site, and that's a little corker of a game. It's basically a 90s FPS, but in platform mode, which is a bit of an odd way to describe it, but it fits. So if you imagine sort of... Quake 3 Arena where you're running around jibbing stuff and you have to constantly keep on the move and you have to use your strafe ability to make sure you're not getting clipped. It's kind of like that with an enormous amount of blood splatter, very, very comic book looking and styling, sort of Metal Slug influenced and they admit the, the developers admit that on their homepage for it. But yeah, the play style is much more like a, a run and gun crazy game from the mid-90s where everything was total excess. And it's, it's a nice little punctuated bit of light relief in the middle of everything going on because it's just totally daft and over the top. But it's got really sharp controls. Not perfect, but good controls, allowing you to sort of mix in with the melee and the and the blasting and over-the-top weaponry. And it's just great fun. And I had a, I had a blast playing that, to be honest. It's really great. I know... A lot of criticisms that are levelled at games like this from people who don't like indies is generally, oh, it's another retro-inspired looking game. That how, how does it actually feel to play? Does it feel quite modern to play or does it feel like it's still part of an earlier era? Is it, are the quality of life updates that we've seen in gaming there? I'll try to think of the words now. Mine's gone blank. <laughs> yeah, a throwback, yes. Yeah. It, no, it doesn't feel like a throwback, thankfully, because it has. It basically uses pretty much every single button on the pad. It and a little bit to its detriment because you have movement on the left stick and you have fi- firing on the right stick, which is unusual for a side-on platform game. Yeah, it, where shooting is involved. I mean, you know, back in the day, like Midnight Resistance and stuff, had that kind of firing potential but it had triggers on the um on the joysticks i think if i remember correctly kind of a bit like a tank might be cropping that up with something else but yeah so what it's done is you've still got jump on the face button but there's no point using that because you've got to have fire on the go all the time so they've also mapped it to l2 which is a bit of an odd choice because that's an analog stick an analog input and you need a digital input for rapid jumping. And yeah. unfortunately, you can't remap the buttons. So although it's like a, a 
what you'd basically call a new control style because it's got all sorts of new, loads of features from loads of different games all crammed onto one pad. It, it kind of that's quite a forward thinking, but a bit backward thinking is that you can't just remap them to wherever you want, which I think would have been a, of a real benefit. And I guess that they haven't done that simply because you'd be able to cheat things. Like I know years ago that they wouldn't allow you to remap Halo controls to whichever buttons you want because it meant you could combine certain inputs to cheat the the system. And I think it's probably the same thing. So yeah, it's a weird mix of a little bit forward thinking and at the same time a little bit backward thinking, which might put a couple of people off. But if you adjust to it, it's great. Mm. And it's just a fun game. So it's worth uh, exploring anyway. So it's interesting, actually, that you bring up the controls and um, obviously it's set in stone. Um, I was going to ask, uh, before, actually, before I get to that, it's not a roguelike, is it? Kind of. It has. Oh, right, uh, okay. It, yeah, it's what they kind of call, they're running out of terms for this stuff now, but it's a roguelite. So there's a, a progression map, like you can, um, you have an upgrade path that you can follow by accruing points. And you you don't do that by playing mission after mission after mission and then restarting at chapter 12 or whatever. You do it by uh, going back to the start and, and going from there each time, and but retaining your uh, amount of XP and, and beefing yourself up. There is still progression, though, because it's split into three main chapters that are subdivided into stages. So, yeah, it's a bit of a hybrid and it's a bit of a roguelite. Well, that, that's fine. It's, I, mean, I, I, I do like them. I think the mechanic works. Um, because I suppose, in a way, a lot of games in the past were all roguelike um, because they didn't have safe systems as such. They used passwords. So if you finished, if you played a game, loaded it up on your Spectrum or your Commodore or even your Atari or whatever, you'd play it for an hour or whatever. And then when you put it on again, you had to start again anyway because it didn't have safe systems <laughs> as such. Well, so... No, but it didn't carry over. Uh, or you know your your no. XP, and um, uh, you know sometimes that was a good thing, and sometimes it wasn't. And I think the, yeah. the best games today that follow that pattern are the ones that have a great structure in place for it. And Fury Unleashed has a great one in that it has just similar to all the games of the eighties and early nineties. It has drops and pickups in the middle of the mission that you can yeah. get, and you feel that woof of you know power upgrade. But it also has this, the more subtle upgrade path at the end, which are slight, slighter buffs and take longer to to attain to before you feel the real effect of them. So it's kind of the best of both worlds in that regard. And I really never say that about roguelites or roguelikes, because generally I don't get on with them, but I think they've utilised it properly here. And it's yeah. great. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think there's. I'd like to actually have a discussion over the um, roguelike another time. You do, real, you do realise we've tabled about 16 things for discussion. That we haven't actually <laughs> got around to doing yet, which we will yeah. do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's because we've been busy with actual content. I don't think we'll be this busy with written content on the site. So, yeah, uh, But yeah, controls you, you spoke about. And it brings me to a game I've been playing where you've got something like Fury Unleashed where the controls are set in stone because they don't want you to cheat the system or, or whatever. Um, I've been playing golf with your friends. Not golf with friends, golf with your friends. Um, it's a Team 17 produced game from Blacklight Interactive. It's a very, very simple mini golf game, which I wrongly assumed 
was a port from a mobile game. Actually, it's not. It was built from the ground up originally on the PC in early access 2016. And it's still, when I looked at the Steam page, it's still technically in early access on Steam, but it's got a now proper console release. Don't ask, don't know. Maybe today it got also, you know, out of early access on PC. But yeah, it's a very simple idea, mini golf game where you can play up to 12 players online or offline. Um, and you've got a wide variety of courses. So you've got a lot of really grounded stuff. So you can play like in a wooded area. Um, so it's all nice and green. There's a desert area and things like that. But it goes up to the more extreme. So there's a space station which has some gravity walls and stuff like that that do extra things. And it looks like there's going to be more of these coming. But there's also like a worms themed course as well, which is really good because it's Team 17 produced. And it looks like it's hinting at like an escapist, but I think it is. I'll make sure I get that. That might not be the right Team 17 one. But looking at it, there's extra courses that look like they're going to be based on Team 17 IP. And yeah, it's a really good game. It's very, very simple. Um, and controls-wise, there's so many options you can change on how to do it. You can actually turn off things like adding ball spin and all things like that. And I played it a couple of times, and initially I was like, okay, yeah, it's a fairly simple game. Quite happy with it. I'll play it a couple of times and let it go. Um, went a bit deeper with it. And aside from just normal mini golf, you've got a basketball option and an ice hockey option in there as well. So instead of just hitting a ball into a hole, what you can do, you can turn on the hockey option. And instead of a hole, you get a, a goal net with a hockey goldie in it that you've got to shoot into. And the basketball one, you've got to get it and you've got to dunk the ball into the basket rather than just kitting it into a hole. Now, I wasn't too keen on the basketball side of it, but I didn't really give it, I suppose, enough of a go. But I really got into the hockey version. It's not just because I like hockey, because I played it with my 13-year-old and my 3-year-old. And my 13-year-old, he's obviously he's competent at games. He's actually good at games. And he done really well at it. He was doing it. But my daughter, she couldn't do the hitting it into the hole. She doesn't have the fine control. So we put on the hockey mode and she did it. And she was able to score goals at the end and complete holes, which made her absolutely delighted jumping up and down in the light. And I looked through more of the options and what Black, uh, Blacklight Interactive have done. And kudos to them is... They've created, basically, here's the set of courses. Here's the gameplay mode. You can play any of these online, offline, with as many people as you want. And here's all these extra settings you can fiddle with to make it as you want. Here's a game. There's no progression system as such. Um, and it's just go out and have some fun. And, yeah, it's a really, really enjoyable game that I, I had initially dismissed as was going to be a janky mobile port. You have to stop telling me about all these good games, Brad, because I've just got a ridiculous backlog. I should write them down. Oh, yeah. Oh, that. Oh, yes. And that as well. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. I've, I've managed to get, like, I've got Fire Emblem Three Houses, and I've also managed to get, um, oh, what's the other one that's a bit like that? Because I got sent a code for it. Oh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions as well. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. like, they're huge, massive games. I haven't got time <laughs> to start those. I'm barely, like, past the first couple of chapters of Astral Chain and obviously <laughs> we're playing Hellblade at the moment. I've just picked up NBA 2K20. Mm. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's uh, and 
I don't know what I'm going to do when like lockdown's properly over and we have to actually go outside again. I don't want. I yeah. I, I'm quite uh, happy just staying indoors forever now and playing games. Is that yeah? But, it's like put it. Uh, to but, I always thought it would be good, but it's been put to the test, and yes, it's really good. But yeah, yeah one more thing with regards to golf with your friends, and this shouldn't need saying, but I think it does need saying at the same time. There's customization options within the game. There is not a single microtransaction to be seen within the game. So you've got loads of colours and everything, but you can get different hats and there's like um, floaters you can put around your ball and stuff like that. You can change the colour, the styles, everything. And it looks like it's going to be a lot more customization options possibly added, not a microtransaction in sight. Well done. I hope they don't get greedy down the line because to see that in a game, I know it's only an indie game, but the temptation must be there, especially as it's got the same... The way you do it always almost like Rocket League in terms of here's the menus on how you attach it to your ball. Right. It's almost like how Rocket League does the attachments to the cars. And yeah, not a microtransaction in sight. Absolutely brilliant of them. Yeah, a rarity. A rarity. But yeah. it does sound fantastic. I mean, what I like with this sort of game is we've kind of reached a point where the infrastructure for, for playing stuff online is, is so entrenched and great and you know works almost flawlessly although actually i can talk on that in a minute on something else that you can get a really simple game and chuck it into like a pot where there's all this infrastructure and you know pipeline that works really well and suddenly everything that was a pain in the past like it not having enough levels or getting connected was difficult or the content not being there suddenly that's all gone away and you can play all of these things whenever you want instantly with all your mates yeah and it is this this is just a relaxing game as well there's no apart from on course competition of who's going to do the best there's no you're not going to get matchmaked for example with someone who's you might do but you're not going to know you've been like put with someone who's dedicated every single waking hour of their life to completing this one course to make sure they're only the best at that yeah Uh, and you're not going to see that and go oh christ and there's no real need for you to grind the game it's not a game that's been put out there to be like played day in day out all the time it's a pick up and play party game it's not perfect i'm not gonna lie it's not perfect you know i I think it could do with a little bit of love and attention to the visual side of it just just a little bit um and the, the initial loading time is a bit long but once you're past all that yeah it's a perfectly fine game it's not touching any game of the year awards but yeah, I'm really enjoying just being able to pick up and play it. We, I've already penciled in sort of like one day at the weekend just to do another round with the kids. It's yeah, brilliant. yeah, that's great. And talking of playing with friends, I've been uh, I mentioned it last week. I've been playing Streets of Rage four online with my mate quite a bit, and it that's yeah really great. And it's a small team. And it goes in the face, unfortunately, of what I said about dropping a game into infrastructure and it working really well because. All of our games are great fun playing together, but each one has been really laggy. And both of us have great internet connections, so it's definitely the game. It's definitely the net code in the game. And when you get such a great experience, that little frustration of it like dropping out and like we lose voice as well at the same time. Mm-hmm. So having to do that can is a real kind of step back and it throws you right out of it. So again, just comparing it to, to the game you've been playing, um, how important that free 
you know, a freestyle kind of bang straight in there, how much that brings to the fun of the experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah it's it, it, it does, yeah. And I suppose it's, it's really weird. I mean, we, we've got to remember, I know we're into a set, like just a second generation where online is the key, but we've got to remember it only really started last generation and it only really started to make sense, what, halfway through the last generation where they started yeah. to get it more right. I know Xbox Live is probably ahead of the curve with a lot of it, but it took a while for it all to become standardised. And so we are still in its infancy to a degree. So I'm a bit more forgiving with stuff. But yeah, it, what does get frustrating is where you've got some games where drop-in, drop-out is so damn easy and others where it's a faff and it is a shame because we are i want to get to the point where you don't know you could be playing a game as well online as you could locally and still have that same experience and unfortunately yeah some games just haven't quite made it yet and it does take away it does and looping it further back to fury unleashed that only has local co-op local two-player co-op and that would be amazing online. And it's uh, it'd be great if there was a service where, um, you know, like a third party service where they could drop, you could drop in a game and it would enable that um, multiplayer. I mean, there might even be one that I've not heard no, of. There but... is, yeah. So ah, okay. on, I know there is on PC uh, because oh, there always is on PC because it's PC and it leads away with stuff like that in a way. But yeah, no, that there is a service that does that. But again, maybe that's, and I know. I want to say PlayStation, Sony have tried it um, and it didn't quite work out. But it's something I want to see maybe added to the next gen where you can share a console to make have it online uh, local play. So you're not having both people have the have the game and separate consoles. You, they can Someone can stream in from anywhere to your console and join you locally. Yeah. That, that would be, I think, the next big innovation for, for console multiplayer. Yeah, definitely. That would be very welcome. And it'd sell games as well, I think, because... Big time. Um, if, for example, you know, I'm trying to sell people on, like you, golf with Fred, golf with your friends. If I could say, Stu, tell you what, jump on. We'll have a quick go now. You like it, then you maybe pick it up. So it's a great way to, to do promotion of games without needing to actually do the promotion because it's, that's how you always used to do it. It's like you'd hear about a game in the playground He's like, oh, wow, I want that. You, you didn't have the options to go and read everything about it. It's just your mate selling it to you. And sometimes it, you got really lucky. You got a great game out of it. Sometimes you'd pick up a complete duffer. You know, I picked up Rise of the Robots based on word of mouth, you know, so it's not always perfect. But the idea of, you know, just turning around to a friend, family member, whoever, or even on a forum, someone's going, oh, what's so-and-so game like? You've been able to turn around and go, come and have a go. Just, you know, just jump in. Here's my, here's my, like you do with, I suppose, a Zoom meeting. You give out that, that one-time key to someone to join, the link to join your Zoom code. Or the way, maybe not make sense to you, but the way you give out a turnip code on Animal Crossing to allow people to your island. Similar thing to that on next-gen consoles. You give out a code for someone to come and join you on online local multiplayer. That'll, yeah, that'd be wonderful to do. And it open, opens it all up. And I say, I know it's been tried and someone's going to be listening to this guy. Yeah, you can do that already. But it's obviously, if you can, it's not clear enough yet of how well that can work, possibly work. Yeah, it needs to be ultra mainstream before it, you know, fully picked up 
So that would be yes. brilliant, yeah. Let's fingers crossed then for PS5 and Series X. Yeah, definitely. Um, so a couple of other bits I've been playing. Um, I've got one I can't actually talk about yet, but I've also picked up 51 Worldwide Classics because I love 42 all-time classics on the Nintendo DS, so I can't wait for that to come out. Um, that's sitting on the screen mocking me. But I've been playing um, Kakuru on the Switch. It's a Japanese logic puzzle game that's um, a bit like Sudoku, but you need to actually have the numbers add up to a certain number in each row or column and stuff like that, and that varies. It's just another excellent Japanese logic game, uh, but it still just makes, makes me sad that we haven't got a Sliverlink game on the Switch yet. But yeah, it, there's Pitcross. I mean, the Switch now is becoming a, a, a great place to go if you love logic puzzles. Um, but I've also picked up NBA 2K20. Now, I've not played an NBA 2K game since, I'm going to say, 17? Or possibly even 2K16. And the reason for that was it became a microtransaction-riddled mess of a game. It started to become a game where it was more about it wanted you to spend money on coins rather than playing the actual game. And playing the game was just a reason to get you to buy the coins. So I kind of dismissed it for a good few years. It was reduced to recently three quid on PSN and Xbox One. And I kind of went, no, 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 no I'm, I'm resisting. I'm not going to play it. I don't get enough time on the TV anyway. But it then got reduced to £2.49p on the Nintendo Switch. Um, I've got about three, four quid's worth of gold coins, so it basically didn't cost me a single penny. 40-odd gig, gig, uh, gigabyte download, mind, um, so you need to consider that. But with something like this, I'm just not touching the My Career mode or the My Team, Ultimate Team style mode or anything like that. I'm literally going to be using it for playing the odd game of basketball and a season mode because I can play it single player on my own. And boy does it play a good game of basketball. I forgot just how good the engine is on the NBA 2K games. For all the crap that 2K get for the WWE stuff and what they've done with that and how bad they've messed all that up and the way the microtransactions in there, the core team behind NBA 2K, 2K have done a fantastic job in making that basketball experience seem so damn good i'm not good at it never have been uh, but it just it plays a good game of basketball and again i'm sure there are some experts who know basketball inside out will tell me how so and so defender always lets you dribble on the inside to get to the paint which they never do that in real life and the way i can do with a hockey game or a football game you 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 see the exploits and you go see that ruins it for me because i know the exploits I don't know that with basketball. I don't have an inherent knowledge of what the high percentage shooting areas are or how you should use momentum in certain ways to get certain shots. I don't know that. I, I, I'm still at that stage where I get to a space. I go, oh, I'm close enough to the basket and I'll try and shoot. Um, I'm learning, but yeah. yeah, I haven't got that inherent knowledge of, of, of how I can gain that minuscule advantage. So... Some people might look at it and go, well, no, it's not a great engine. It does this. But for me, it's like watching an actual basketball game, the way they move and everything. And yeah, on the Switch, it runs really well. I'm planning on doing an actual video 
about it um, at some point because I want to talk about it because it's a sh- shame the the overall opinion of the 2K games have got now, especially the basketball one, and it's become this gambling device, which it has done because it's actually ruining what is a fantastic game underneath. I want to play NBA Jam now. Um, I do, but it's really weird that the re-release that came out of that, I'm going, again, I'm going off on a tangent. The re-release of NBA Jam that came out on Xbox Live Arcade, I enjoyed it a bit. It made me want to play the original. It's... This is going to be sacrilege. I know it is. It's not aged very well. Yeah. It's very restrictive in its movement. Um, and it feels like something of the past. And I want to see an NBA Jam re-released, but honestly, from the ground up, not not trying to be what NBA Jam was. More arcade sports games are definitely welcome, though. Yeah, nowhere near enough. No. So you, any other games you've been playing? No, nothing worth mentioning. Right, so talking of, talking of things that are not worth mentioning, but I'm going to mention anyway, I want to murder my children. I really, really, really just want to strangle them and then take the prison time because it'll be peaceful in comparison. <laughs> it, it's really weird because you go through um, some some really odd feelings as a parent during times like this. And if you're listening to this in the in the future times like this are locked down because of pandemic um not because president trump almighty has pressed the buttons again and launched nuclear war on another country um depends on when you're listening to this uh but no it's that they're really trying because they can't get out and because they can't go to school they can't do their activities they're stuck indoors in a small two-bedroom flat and they're testing i can't i can't tell them to bugger off down the park for an hour i can't take one of them out to town for a a, a, just a wander around the shops and a coffee or a bit of lunch or anything like that so on the whole overall we've done really well there's not been too much bickering there's not been too much shouting and yeah it's just then it's so but because you're able to suppress those little bits time and time again it just gets to a point where everyone just unloads on each other like my son got to a point where he he forgets that he's my thirteen year old son, and as we said, he's been talking to me at times like I'm a piece of shit on his shoe, just with a lack of respect. And I know that's a teenage thing, and I know he's got ADHD, and you know it, it has all that side of it to it. But so I can't give in, and he's getting stroppy, and I'm getting stroppy, and then you sit there at the end of the night once they're all in bed, and you're going, I'm a f- failure of a parent I, I i'm really struggling to do this at the moment and i've not struggled this badly what you know am i a bad parent would you be better off with someone else um and you really start to question yourself and it's it's ridiculous to think that because i don't think there is any parent out there who hasn't felt the same at some point in the past what are we eight weeks now something like that, um, but hasn't felt that. So hasn't felt that at some point. Um, I don't care if you've got, you know, a 16-bedroom mansion with a massive, uh, like, garden out there, or say garden, land out the back or anything like that. If you're stuck in with your kids, what they usually do to annoy you, and kids do annoy you, 
Um, I done it to my mum. I'm sure you you was annoying to your parents, Stuart, and stuff like that. Still am. Um, it's yeah, you love them, but you want to kill them. And I suppose yeah, this can I say this can't be a missable in court, or this is a missable in court, just in case it goes to court or anything like that. This isn't an admission of guilt. I don't think that would hold up legally. No, okay. But no, it's just really weird that sort of like sort of like I'm feeling more happy in myself, but now having doubts of me as a parent. Whereas before, it was my disgust at myself. But I was always content that I was doing the right thing as a parent. I was making sure my kids were happy. And now I'm sort of like flipped on that. And it's just when you suffer with depression and you have mental health issues, it just seems to be every little thing is a contradiction of another thing and goes, you're bad at this or you're bad at this. Oh, you was good at this, but you're bad at this now. But you know that thing you was bad at, you're good at now. That means you're now bad at this. And your brain is just constantly backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. And there's never seems to be that moment of calmness. Even when I spoke about the other week, if you remember, when I said I had some clarity, there was still moments where I was there was self-doubt for certain things. So you never have that moment of just, everything's okay. I'm good at this. The kids are doing well. My job's going well. Outside's going to be fine eventually. There's always something. And my neck, my other one I've got at the moment because of all this is lockdowns ending too soon. But which means they're going to try and get everything back to normal. Which means I'm going to be in a position again where I'm failing because I'm not getting like the work. I'm going to start trying to scrabble for work again. And when it goes back to normal, it does go back to normal as it has been. Then I'm going to be in a position where I can't provide for my family. And all that's messing around my head. And it's just, yeah, that was a lot. Yeah. I mean, luckily I don't have kids, so I haven't had to go through any of it, but I can imagine it's a nightmare because obviously, like you said, they, they're challenging the authority that they can't see. I mean, most adults in the UK don't seem to be able to see the fact that there's an invisible enemy out there, which, of course, I suppose you can't see it. So it must be incredibly frustrating, and they don't have the tools to deal with that frustration. So they kind of take it out on each other and take it out on you, I would imagine. And yeah. oh, it doesn't sound like you're doing a bad job, to be quite honest. I would have gone spare. No, probably no, just be... I know I'm not doing a bad job, and that's the ridiculous. You know, like, I can sit there in the cold light of day and just go, no, you're not doing a bad job. You're doing with the kids what you can. And it's, you know, I mean, I did turn around to to my son uh, yesterday, and he was getting on my nose. I went, right, no, I don't care. I don't care that you could pick up an infection in school or whatever. You're going back to school. I don't care if you get it. He's like, you don't love me, Dad. You don't love me. I went, oh, mate, you, uh. <laughs> So, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, kids. And then you're right, they don't have the tools to deal with it. So this has come. So we're not prepared. Our parents aren't fully prepared and our children definitely aren't prepared. And everyone is scrabbling around in the dark. Uh, what this actually got me to thinking, I don't want to put this around too much to politics, um, but as I've said before, I get that our politicians aren't prepared. I get that. Just admit it. If you want to go all it together and go, look, we're going to make mistakes because we've not had to deal with anything like this before, just actually come out and say that. We are making mistakes. And people will be a lot more forgiving with things like that. Um, and again, mm. I suppose this is almost the point that I want to make. It's okay to make mistakes in whatever you do. No one can be perfect. No one person 
can be perfect. Uh, I will make for the one other person who might get this joke, apart from Nick Lidstrom, no other human in this world is perfect. <laughs> well, it's it's good to talk about the kids thing, especially because, like, for me, yeah, it's great to hear because I have I don't have kids myself, but I've got nephews and nieces, and it's always good to hear the truth because you tend to just hear, oh, you know, they're doing the home, I'm doing the home study with them, and oh yeah, they get a bit grumbly, but they're enjoying X, Y, and Z, and yeah. you know we. We, we do the Joe Wicks thing in the morning and, you know, oh, sometimes they get a bit cranky and I give them a juice box or whatever. And it's just nice to hear somebody go, oh, now and again, I want to take a baseball bat to them yeah. because that's just human nature. That's <laughs> that's how you, and I don't want to, you know, I don't just go away from that thinking, hmm, yeah, kids, they, they need more, you know, kicks in the nether regions. I, I just, I like to know that there's a balance out there and that, that people realize that kids can be a right pain in the backside as well because they're not perfect like the rest of us. No, and as, a, as, an, uh, as an uncle, you do still get... Okay, you might not get the PG version of what's been going on. You probably get the uh, PG-13 version of what's been <laughs> yeah. going on, but it's still watered down to what's actually going on inside those four walls. Yeah. Definitely. It's it's not the video nasty version of real life. No. Um, and I, I suppose what doesn't help, God, there we go. I'm adding this to the list as well was another discussion. You, I don't watch them, but I see advertised all these um, these TV reality shows that are seen to be doing the rounds now of so-and-so quote-unquote celebrity um, how, having a child. And hey, look, this is how they're dealing with it. And you're seeing this version of it. Now, I don't buy into what any of that at all is anyway. It's all bullshit and they're putting a lot of it on for the for the camera. But there's a lot of people, especially I suppose younger people who don't have kids, who are looking at the way these celebrities are having children, how they're promoting those, and seeing this is how parenting should be. And that's not right either. That, that, again, these reality shows give an unrealistic expectation of what life is actually like. And I say, I'm glad I don't watch them, but if there's any young people with mental health issues who are susceptible to these sort of programs, I really feel for them. I really do. Yeah. They should only be, they should be labelled entertainment only in the top right-hand corner and just <laughs> never remove that sticker. Uh, they should be an 18 only as well, for a start. Um, because I, I think that's a good point. I think they're more damaging than watching um, a violent TV program or a TV program with sex scenes and nudity in it, um, purely because of the message they give across. Uh, but again, that's, that, a that's point, another yeah. discussion. As we'll be here for another hour. <laughs> so, was there anything you wanted to add before we try and sign off? No, no, that's everything for me. You talk way too much, Joe. You really do. <laughs> The irony being that I'm actually a bit of a gabbler in real life. <laughs> I, I do, I, I go on a fair bit, but something switches on in my brain when people when people are talking about something very important to them, then I, I want to give them that space. And uh, I would, and this is for the audience. I'm going to say, you know, to you and to the audience, if I felt that what you were saying was too, you know, self centered and needed to be gently steered in a different direction, I would do that. But I genuinely think that what you're talking about reaches people. Yeah. I think it's good. And yeah, it's part of the normalization thing, but it's also the anecdotal stuff that's, you know, it's interesting and it's lively. And 
yeah, I just, I, I like to give that over. <laughs> and also there's not been, a, I've been, the only thing I suppose I could mention is that I've, I've built a few bridges and with my family when we sort of, we didn't fall out, but we, we did get a bit more than a little bit testy with one another. And it was purely down to communication. Like nothing has changed in us. It's just, you know, when you're in, like we said last week, when you're interacting with people who are in a stressful situation, it creates friction. And it's not a friction caused by your clash of personalities. It's just caused by the fact that you're in a, in a really terrible place at that moment. And, you know, sometimes everybody is in that place. And at the moment, everybody's in always only a, a whisker away from being in that stressful situation at any one time. So it wasn't entirely me, but um, I helped build the bridges between them by communicating more and giving more context to how I was feeling and just asking them about why they said certain things in a certain way. And, and I genuinely learned from it. And then I was a little bit ashamed that I hadn't actually listened a bit better in the, you know, in the moment, in the moment as yeah. it were and reacted. Uh, so yeah, every, it's every day is a school day cause you're always learning, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it, again, it's good to hear from the other side uh, as well. So again, Again, my list is getting even longer. And again, we can discuss more about the the twos and throws and, you know, how having someone there as a sounding board or listening for the cues is is really important. Um, But we'll do that. For now, though, I'm going to do my usual sign-off catchphrase because I've got this down to a T now. So, yeah, you can subscribe to us. If you're on YouTube, there'll be a button stuff now. I've added stuff to that. SoundCloud, you can get us on there and all the usual places for the podcast if you're listening to this, obviously. Discord, again, it's open. It's a community. Um, Come and join us. Um, And if you like what we're doing and you want to support us, then we've got a coffee, uh, coffee donations or Patreon. If you really want me to shut up, Pay me enough money and tell me not to do this and we won't do it anymore. There's that as well. So if you if you really hate listening to me and you can't switch off, you can pay me to stop. Pay me to shut up is is a quite unusual business model. I quite like the idea. Well, to be honest, that's, that's probably how Donald Trump's going to make his millions after he's finished in the presidency again. No, oh, yeah. Be a billionaire overnight. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, how much does he need to shut up? That would be great, definitely. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> um, but once again, yeah hope this has been somewhat entertaining and helpful um and we will catch you again next week stay safe